<laughs> you said that like infinidaga. That's what I was going for. Oh wow! Because I saw I got your reference. Yeah, it's my favorite bit that Game Grumps does. It's your favorite bit. It's my favorite bit because I do it in real life so often. The way Dan just shows up and is like, "Hello, hello!" <laughs> the way his little character shows up with the hand above him, he just fucks around and is so bad at the game. That's just how I carry out life. That I is, just, that is. I will say, yeah. I, sh- I fired and then I missed and then I fired and then I missed is a very close second. Very close, like millimeters <laughs> apart. But Infinidaga is my favorite. That's so interesting. I never yeah. would have thought that. What's your favorite? I don't know. <laughs> I think my favorite is... Are you going to let me wipe? <laughs> That one's pretty... The bananas has gone bad. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's a good one, too. Okay, before this episode just becomes Game Grumps quotes. (laughs) Before this becomes us fangirling about Game Grumps. For an hour. We should probably Um, introduce it. Yes. Hi, welcome back to Cringe or What? Where we decide whether it's cringe or what. Which honestly, as a phrase, makes no sense, but I think it kind of fits. Well, because we don't make sense. That's true. I introduce ourselves as well. Yeah, that's I'm, Lauren. Yes, I'm Lauren. I'm that's Brenna. Brenna. That's who we are. Okay, so it's my week to pick the topic. And the topic that I want to pick. We had some back and forth on this. A little bit. Do you want to do like, kind of like a warm up? Yeah. First, yeah, like, talk, okay. about our, talk about our, our lives for yeah. the past week. and Kind of get like the stories flowing, the creative juices yeah. going. I think there's a term for it. A cold open is what it's called in comedy, I think. I have no idea. I thought a cold open was when... I think that's a sitcom thing. When you just, like, the thing starts and you go. Maybe. I, think I feel that's like there's a, a term for, like, a sitcom where there's, like, the little bit they do before the show really starts that doesn't really have to do with the plot of whatever episode you're in, but it's just, like, the bit and then the song for the intro and then it goes into the rest of the show. There's a term for that bit. Oh, maybe it is a... I mean, I don't know. I think it might be I don't be know a anything open. about production. I... I should call it Mickle. <laughs> be like, hey. Yeah. Be like, what's that called? Okay, so. How was your week? My week was good. I started a new D&D game with a new group. From your tone of voice, it, it sounds like it went interesting. It was. It was. It was good. First things first about this group. There are people I know moderately well, but not incredibly well. So it's not like my, our D&D group. Right. Where it's like. We're buds. We've been buds for years. We're playing D&D together. Yeah. It's not that. They're new people. I am the most senior D&D player at the table. Which is weird. Which is weird. And I am not the DM. I am not DMing this game. And it's a little bit bigger. There's one more person than in our normal D&D group. Is it 5e? It's 5e, yeah. Okay. And the guy who's DMing has never DMed before. He'll be important to the story later. <laughs> Should we give him a nickname? Uh, We'll call him... We can just call him the DM. A little alias? I don't, honestly, I don't, he's the one I know least out of the group. I've talked to him maybe three times, so I don't even know what to give him as an alias. The hot one. I don't want him to know that. If What if he comes across this that he was like, I'm the hot one? That would inflate his ego. But he is the hot one. He's the, the hot problem. one. So the hot one. Um, <laughs> the hot one who is also the DM. The hot one who's also the DM. We were like, we have like a group chat. We were chatting and we were like, hey, we're going to play uh, this Sunday. At this time, we're going to play at 5.30. And I was like, great, I'm hosting. This will be fun. Mm, I need to give her a name. Um, we'll call her Amy. She's really nice. And okay. she's the one I know best out of the group. 
she ends up calling out. She's like, I'm not feeling well. We're not, I'm not going to be there. And I was like, oh, dang. Usually in our group, like we just cancel if one person can't be there. That's how we usually yeah. handle it. But this group was like, no, we still want to play. And she was fine with it. And we were like, okay. Well, there's only three players in our. Yeah, playing with just two, since it was four players in that one, yeah. playing with three is still pretty viable. So she called out and I was like, oh, darn, but it's still fine. And we were hanging out that day. We were at Panera, right? You. Yeah, I made you get up. Yeah, you made me get up. I <laughs> I stormed into your house and I pulled you up on your couch. Did. <laughs> I forgot about that part. Because I conked out. Yeah. I had conked out. And I was like, Lauren, get up. We're going to Panera. I think you tried to open my door. I did. And failed. And that's when I like stumbled to the door. And I was yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I want to sleep. I did really want to sleep. And, and I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Get up. And so we were hanging out at Panera. I think it was like 410-ish when you started being like, Lauren, you need to go because you need to pick up your apartment before yeah. D&D. And I was like, okay, fine. We chatted for a little bit more and then I left. So approximately 415 when I left the Panera. I would say closer to like, no, because you made the comment is 420. Okay, that's true. Because blaze it. I said blaze it. Yeah, you did. I said 420, blaze it. So, so 425-ish, close to 430. It was like... 4.30, 4.35. Point is, still about an hour before yeah. D&D was going oh, to start. Yeah. And my house was not dirty because I had met with um, the night before. So yeah. I already cleaned it. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to go home and do my dishes. It was over the night before. House was mostly clean. I roll home, but I still have like dishes to do. My house has been smelling weird recently. That's just a thing that happens. Let's just... not mince our words here. But don't tell them. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Your dishes situation I was gonna do them before D&D, okay? Was abysmal. It was. And it got better. It is better than it was. It is it's better still than it not was. Great. It's not great. But okay, point is, apartment was smelling funny, and I knew this, and so I was like, you know, I want to get there like an hour early to clean up so that my apartment doesn't smell funny the first time I am hosting these people <laughs> in my home. She doesn't he, do it for me. No, I don't. <laughs> Obviously not. You deal with this. <laughs> you help me clean sometimes. So you're stuck with me. You're family now, bitch. <laughs> you can't leave. <laughs> family now, bitch. <laughs> point is, this is the first time I'm hosting these people. Of the four people in the group... Hot guy DM is the one I know the least. <laughs> and lo and behold, I roll up to my house and who is already here? <laughs> Over 45 minutes before D&D is supposed to start. Hot DM is here. <laughs> waiting at my door. Like I, y'all don't know where I live, so it's fine. I'm on the second floor and there's a little balcony that you can stand on and look out. I pull up in my car and he calls out from the balcony in front of my door. He's like, like, hey. Like Romeo and Juliet. Like Romeo and Juliet. Fucker's like, hey. And I was like, and I didn't know what to do. I'm an awkward person. And I was like, shit, what do I do? And my response was, hope you didn't wait long. I think that's a fine response. It was a fine response, but also it was completely weird that he showed up this early. Yeah, it was weird, but apparently he's... He does this. Yeah, he apparently does this. I learned from other people in the group that he just does this. Which is, you know, everyone has their quirks and those sorts of things. But that quirk made it so I had to invite someone in my home when it smelled weird. <laughs> I was running around with Febreze like an idiot. <laughs> I was like, it's the neighbors. <laughs> they have weird things in their house that make my apartment smell funny. When we all knew it was 
of my dishes. They were piled over the sink. And so then I also had to do my dishes while this guy just sits here that I've talked to maybe three times. And was it awkward though? Like It wasn't awkward. He is chatty and I am relatively good at responding to people. Like You are chatty as well. I'm very chatty. We don't stop. I'm mysterious. Don't give me these qualifications. I'm <laughs> <Not> mysterious. <laughs> An urban legend. We established this last time. Anyway, he was chatty. I turned on music and like filled the silence. He was working on the campaign. And in my head, I was like, maybe he misread the time. Maybe he thought this was at five and he showed up like 15 minutes early, Mm -hmm. which is kind of reasonable for a DM to show up 15 minutes before the game. Yeah, that's okay. I would say even like 20 minutes. I would tell me the host that you're going to do that. I would like, be shoot the host a it. message or something. But there was no message and it became abundantly clear as he was sitting there. He knew what time this game started and he was there that early. And how it became abundantly clear was just the way he carried himself. He never asked where is everybody. He never asked what's taking them so long. None of this. He was actively texting the other guy in the group and was like, oh, you sent me your backstory. Good, I can work on that now. Not asking where the guy was. <laughs> he knew... What time this game started and showed up 45 minutes early. <laughs> now he's hot, so he gets away with some things. But like, pretty privilege has a limit. Okay? And that was part of the limit. I had to clean my dishes with this man in the house. You enjoyed it though. Did I? He is hot. I will grant that. But he's also younger than me and kind of a dweeb. <laughs> he sounds perfect. Younger than me? Well, you're not. <laughs> you're no spring chicken. You no. <laughs> <laughs> bitch. <laughs> okay. We're the same age. I know. <laughs> and I should clarify, not illegal younger than me. This man is no. an adult. Yeah. <laughs> but he's just younger than me. In college. Yes. Yeah. We are all adults here. But that was off-putting. And everyone I took... What's funny, though, is, like, your reaction is kind of how I reacted. It's like, yeah, it was weird, but, like, you don't kick him out. Yeah. That's... Everyone else I've told this story to is, like, I would have kicked him out. What do you mean? I'm like... I'm a bold person. I say shit. I do shit that like can sometimes come across as abrasive. But I would not kick someone who showed up at my house out the first time they've ever showed up when I don't know. I kick them out. I'm I'm a, sorry. I'm not that bold. Also, it's and a hospitality also, thing. That like ultimately, yeah, it wasn't my favorite that my house was smelling funny, but like it wasn't that big of a deal. He, we all lived. Yeah, it was fine. But I have a similar story from freshman year, freshman or sophomore year. Where it's, someone just showed up early? Or you showed yeah, up early? Yeah, no. He showed up early. Mm-hmm. To, I was having a movie night. You told me this. Yeah. You told me this. Okay. And I was like, well, I guess I gotta clean with this goober here. I feel like that's part of how our friendship developed, too. Like, our how our friendship developed is a mystery, and we don't understand it. It's an anomaly that we don't understand how it happened. <laughs> Two autistic bitches who were deeply antisocial when this relationship started yeah. became, like, besties in, like, three months, somehow. It, Especially yeah, after, like, a year of not talking but being in the same proximity. We spent a long time near each other before we even hung out for the first time. Yes. And then after that, there was another gap. And then something just happened. Yeah. And here we are. I don't know. I think maybe it was because my parents finally stopped pressuring me to be friends with you. That I was like, yeah, I'll give Lauren a try now. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. But yeah, that was my week. That was the most exciting thing that happened to me this week. How was your week? You know, I don't know because I was asleep for most of it. 
You know, honestly, I wish. I wish. <laughs> I don't know what happened to me these past few days, but I have not been able to get enough sleep. And it's not like I anything has changed about my eating habits or exercising habits or anything. I'm just super tired right now. That's how it was when I had mono. Well, I've already had mono. Yeah, it stays in your system. It can re-flare up, and then it can just make you super tired and stuff. Mm. Maybe you're having a mono flare-up. Well, that would I've suck already had if mono. it's true. But anyway, you've slept the week Regardless, away. Regardless, I slept the week away. I had an awkward social interaction, but it was a very hot guy. I think it's time we dive. I got a tattoo. You did get a tattoo. I got a tattoo on Tuesday for Valentine's Day. (laughs) Half asleep while you're getting the tattoo. I wish. She dug into you. Yeah. She was heavy handed. She, yeah. She was so heavy handed to like. Yeah, you were, I, that's the first time I've seen a tattoo where afterwards you could see blood seeping out. Yeah. I've never seen that before on a tattoo and I have several at this point. Not a ton, but I have several. Enough. Yeah. Enough to be like, that was. Something I've not seen before. Yeah. And it wasn't like um, it was bloodlining either. It was mm-mm. black line art. She dug in so deep that the the needle, like you couldn't hear it anymore at some points. Really? Yeah. That is deep. She, w- she is went what like. she said. Yeah. Damn. Like it was to the point where I almost said something to her. I was like. Do you think that maybe that's a little too deep? <laughs> maybe, maybe calm down. Um, that's what she said. Also, delayed reaction, but I had to get it in there. <laughs> and that is what she said again. Oh my God. Anyway, it's okay. still sore. Yeah, but so we both had eventful weeks. I'd say we're hitting the time where we need to get into what our topic is this week. On Yes. Cringe. Or, or what? What? What is cringe and what is what? That is the question. And this week, we are going to be talking... It's my turn to pick. It is your turn to pick. What have you chosen for us? (laughs) What path are you going to take us down this week? The path we are going to go down is summer camp. Summer camp counselors. Summer camp activities. Summer camp shenanigans, if you will. Okay. Context. Just a smidge. To understand why I'm picking this topic. I was a summer camp counselor for two summers. Two. Well, I was a counselor one summer, a challenge course facilitator the second. I have a copious amounts of experience with summer camp. It was also a Jesus camp. Loosely, but still a Jesus camp. So that also produces a particular vibe, if you will. Atmosphere. Vibe. Yeah. Not as bad as the summer camp that one... Never mind, I'm not going to tell that story. It's traumatic. But... I went to a religious summer camp that was bad. This one was better. I but still a religious summer camp. Little to no experience with summer camp. But what is the one type of summer camp you've been to, Brenna? I went to Orthodox summer camp. (laughs) I went (laughs) when I was a child. (laughs) I I went to Orthodox summer camp for I think. I think I only did it for two years or something. And was it just like a week at a time? Yeah. Okay. I did a lot of summer camps. I did all of them. But anyway, summer camp. Specifically, the things you do at summer camp. Are they cringe? Is there a level of camaraderie that you feel so therefore making it not cringe? Or is it cringe nonetheless? Let's start with a story. Oh, God. <laughs> this is about 
summer camp counselors in particular. Summer camp that I worked at was eight week contracts. I was with the same people for eight weeks from were ages the, 18 and 19. Were the, ki- the kids changed. Okay. Kids changed weekly. Staff stayed the same. Okay. Now, also, there was a lot of international staff who worked there, like European, who would come over through this thing called, like, I think it's like Camp USA or Camp America, something. Mm-hmm. And they would get jobs at American summer camps. That's weird. It is weird. But it's a, it's like an experience. It's like a thing that they wanted to do. It's kind of like the concept of, like, going to be a nanny in another country that I hear of sometimes. Sometimes that's human trafficking. But sometimes it's like a thing that people do. An au pair. Yeah. yeah. So there was a large international staff. So there's a lot of people who didn't have a lot of connections. And so the camp would set up like enrichment activities, basically, for like <laughs> the counselors to do on the weekends to hang out with people without the kids around. And it's like, okay, a bunch of 18 to 24 year olds, that's usually about the age range that it was, are going to go hang out together at like Six Flags or like all these other things. Six Flags is so fun. It, I want to go. I am terrified of roller coasters. But we're going to move on. This story, we went to a baseball game. Group of us from the camp went to a baseball game. Okay. This particular baseball game, they were handing out shirts. They were handing out, like, Hawaiian baseball shirts. So they were super kitschy, orange, floral shirts. Mm -hmm. And so we all had them. Basically, everyone in the stadium did. And there's a group of, like, 20 of us counselors who have gone on this camp. This camp-funded trip. Would you like to know what we did? I'm scared. You know the Jumbotron. You want to get up on the Jumbotron, right? Oh my god. We got up on the Jumbotron. We got up on the Jumbotron by doing camp dances. Coordinated as a group. (laughs) (laughs) There is a song that if you went to Christian summer camp, you might be familiar with called A Pharaoh Pharaoh. Oh baby, oh baby, let my people go. Oh no. Mm -hmm. And there's a little dance that you do with it. Where you like clap your hands above your head and you shoot it side to side. And then you do like that. The little like, the very stereotypical Egyptian move thing. The very, like, racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the whole dance to that song. Oh, and we, no. us 20 adults, oh, no. young adults, but adults, stood up as a group, all in neon shirts, and did coordinated camp dances, and they put us on the Jumbotron. To publicly shame you? I think because people thought, like, so when you're getting up on the Jumbotron, the technique is you have to catch the cameraman's eye. 20 adults doing a coordinated dance will do that. Yeah. So we all got up on the Jumbotron and we were all very excited about it and we thought it was the coolest thing ever. Looking back, I wish I could crawl in a hole in that <laughs> because that <laughs> is awful. And so that. You wanna know the other song we danced to? It was a song called Jablani that was like a bastardization of African culture. This is this is getting worse and worse and worse. So that and we were all excited and happy oh and boy. this is good. That's what we thought. Oh boy. We did that. So that's that's about what you've got working at a summer camp. I think that frames a lot of what summer camp is. I think gives a lot of context to my personal perception of summer camp. I've never heard a story of summer camp that wasn't that didn't make what the story I just told believable. No, I believe you. What I'm saying, like, but I'm saying, like, summer camp as a whole has never done anything to not make it seem like that would happen. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So it's all, so while that situation didn't happen at summer camp. That very much is summer camp culture. That's very summer camp culture. It's like a cult for eight weeks. The counselors, at least. The campers also are in a cult for a week. (laughs) The look on your face. It's true. I was a camper at this camp before I was a counselor at it. Did archery camp at it. 
And I was, it was like, what? My sister's boyfriend was my counselor at that summer camp. My sister was a counselor at the time I was at that summer camp. Mm -hmm. She just wasn't my counselor. But her boyfriend, who was from England, was my counselor. That's so slay of her. Yeah. He was, he had lizard eyes. Oh. He was attractive, but his eyes were too far apart. Like, that was like his one. Like Benedict Cumberbatch. But he wasn't as attractive as Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch is not attractive. He, he's ugly hot. No. We've established this. He's ugly ugly. No, he's ugly hot. He's ugly ugly. I am attracted to that man, okay? I don't know why that's a hill you want to die on. It is a hill I want to die on. Ugly hot. Okay. Don't look at me like that. Now I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> that's your choice that you can choose to make it. Anyway, Orthodox Summer Camp. What did you do there? I mean, it was like, I blocked most of it out because I was, I just don't remember my childhood very much. Neither do I. Wow. So my favorite thing to do at Orthodox Camp was the the craft. Yeah. We had like different activities that we could choose from for each day because I was in one of the older groups. Yeah. I, I think it was like, I think I was in middle school. Okay. So like... Average age for a camper. Yeah. Mm. But Orthodox camp. But Orthodox camp. Yeah. Orthodox Christian, by the way. Not, yeah, not Jewish. Not Jewish. But they would wake us up at the butt crack of dawn to go do matins every morning. Cheese and rice. Yeah. We woke up at the butt crack of dawn, but we just went and got breakfast. (gasps) We had, so one of the activities you could do if you were an older camper is you could go to like chanting lessons. (laughs) Where you can learn how to chant the psalms. Amazing. And like then, the like the tunes, like the tones. No, like just how to chant. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Let me here. Give me give me something to, to give me something to chant. I'll <laughs> find a Tumblr post that you can chant. First Tumblr post you come across. No! <laughs> just do the first thing that comes up. When you find an old CD of a game that you used to love, but your computer doesn't have a CD drive. <laughs> so that's, that's an example of chanting, right? And you'd have to, there's like meters that you have to learn and yeah. whatever to do, to do it right. So I never did it because my, my dad is a priest. So I just kind of picked it up innately. You just knew. <laughs> yeah. But the people who did do that little activity would be readers in yeah. the services, which was awkward. A yeah. little bit cringe. A little bit? Very cringe. <laughs> Very cringe. Okay. <laughs> Very cringe. So I think what we're learning is similar to what we learned last week. The summer camps you went to. <laughs> cringe. <laughs> Just blanket statement. The summer camp I worked at, us workers, definitely cringe. That is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Oh, I have a great story about something else we pulled at summer camp. Oh my god, as please a tell me. Okay, I think I might have told you this story before, but it's still a great story. There's one guy there. I'm not going to say his name. Good. I have prudence sometimes. He was Hungarian. He's a cool guy. He was one of the first friends I made at the camp. He was going through... So this camp, because there was so much international stuff, did a thing every week called International Spotlight, where people would come up and, like, talk to the campers about their countries, which is actually kind of cool. Yeah. So it's like, there was someone from Hungary, there were a lot of people from, like, England, which is pretty much not that unique of a culture, but it's fine. <laughs> there was, to Americans. To Americans. Actually, no, to the entire world, because they did invade every single... Yeah. 
and then they don't put any of the spices that they stole on their yeah. food. Terrible. There was a uh, someone from Finland. She was a great friend of mine. I love her still. There was um, some people from like Poland, like some places that are mostly it was all like Western Europe, mm-hmm. but it was at least some variation mm. between them. There was like, oh, this is a unique thing. Like Finland has saunas in their houses. Like every house has a sauna. It's not like a money thing. You just have a sauna. I would love that. So actually, stuff- I would hate that. I hate sweating. Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's not your vibe. So little things like that, like not like wild cultural differences. There was also some people from like South Africa and stuff. So there were some more diverse cultures there. This guy is from Hungary and he was teaching like a couple of us a few words in Hungary and Hungarian. Mm. In Hungary. <laughs> that's like when I call Canada, Canada. And I do it often. <laughs> 144. Anyway, he was teaching us a few words in Hungarian, and one of the words he taught us was, like, big and small. So he said, kish, nož. Kish means small. Nož means large. Those are two words he taught us. But he taught us kish second. And as soon as he said small, because I was 18, my immediate response is, what is dick? (laughs) Fuss, if you're wondering. It's fuss. So if you ask... Fuss. 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 If anyone who is Hungarian is listening to this, we have just said dick back and forth. <laughs> so how you say kishfoss. That's how you say small dick in Hungarian. Kishfoss. Kishfoss. So when he would get up to do international spotlight, he would often call up one of the American counselors to do like a call and response thing and then have all of the campers like respond back with like, this is how you say this in Hungarian. This is like, hello, goodbye, which I don't remember all of that. I only remember kishfoss, obviously. Yeah. And so the person who went up this week, a couple of us had pulled aside before they went up. Why? And we were like, hey, when he says, how do you say, how are you? Don't say what it is. Say kishfoss instead. <laughs> Did they know? Yeah, they knew. They were. Oh. They knew what it meant. Okay. So she was like, bet, I'm going to do this. So she goes up and mind you, Mr. Man is completely unaware of what is about to happen. What is about to transpire. So he's going through the motion. He's like, so-and-so, how do you say hi in Hungarian? And they're like, hi. And they say it in Hungarian. How do you say goodbye? And they're like, goodbye. And like, while they're doing this, the whole, the whole camp, all of the students, everyone is repeating it back. Oh, get God, to, I can tell where this is going. Get to how are you? And he goes, how do you say how are you in Hungarian? And she goes, Kishfoss. And the whole camp says back in unison, beautiful unison, Kishfoss. <laughs> the guy almost fell over because he had no idea this was about to happen to him. He just heard a room full of children aged from like eight to 16 just chanted him in his native tongue, small dick. (laughs) (laughs) And us counsel, like the five of us counselors who knew what was up and like what this meant could not keep it together. We were laughing so hard. And honestly, I don't think that was cringe. I think that was genius. That was genius. Could you imagine trying to do this like cultural exchange moment? You're trying to spread awareness of your language and your country that does not get a lot of attention Mm. in Northern America. And the way that that is repaid is by a bunch of children chanting small dick in your native tongue at you. And you want to know what's better? (laughs) 
after this, kids would come up to him and say, Kishmas. <laughs> and he would be like, huh? <laughs> so, wait, did they, like, not correct? Because what is he going to do? Say, like, that's not what that means. And then have to, like, explain, explain what, what it, it means. means. Oh, my so, God. What if these children meet another Hungarian person in their lifetime and, and say, and say Kishfoss to them? I think that I can die a happy person. Because that would be the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you get, like, hate mail. <laughs> like, hate mail. It's like, you're the reason I said small dick to this person. And I'd be like, yes. I met my boyfriend's Hungarian parents. <laughs> that would be so funny. But yeah, that was a that was one example of, we'll say, the counter-argument. The counter-argument. To being to, camp, yeah. being cringe, is that sometimes in your weird state of mind, you come up with some pretty genius stuff. That, that could only happen at summer camp. It could only, in what other context would I ever get the opportunity to be a part of the machinations that made an entire group of children yell, small dick! <laughs> <laughs> Someone in their native language. That's hysterical! <laughs> but things like the camp songs, music time, Mm. music here that's this gets back to that comment i made in the beginning it's like does the level of camaraderie you feel cancel out the cringe like does it just become a fun activity between friends in my experience no because there was no camaraderie well yeah you have a very unique experience as well as we've established i think almost every episode we're going to establish whatever you bring to the table no (laughs) (laughs) well not always but you you don't you don't know that (laughs) the way you said that means that you think it too you don't know that But to a certain degree, music time, I'm using this example at the camp I worked at, like music time, the counselors would always get really into it because we knew it was silly. We Mm -hmm. knew it was funny. Yeah. And so we were like, if we get really into it, we might get the kids to get really into it and they get really happy. And If you lean into the cringe, is it still cringe? That is the question. Is it cringe if it's intentional or is it just funny? I've seen some intentional cringe that's still Yeah. But I've seen a lot of intentional cringe that's not still cringe. So like the wolf girl jokes on TikTok, when you know they're actually doing it to be funny, they're usually pretty funny. Yeah. If they weren't intentionally doing it to be funny, that would be awful. <laughs> So, like, at the, in the context of summer camp, when you're doing it and you know it's silly, you know it's funny, is it still cringe? I don't think so, because what made your Jumbotron story cringe, first of all, the racial ins- insensitivity. Yeah. yeah. And I think it goes beyond insensitivity, but we'll- <laughs> I'm trying to be a little gracious to us, but I don't think we deserve it. You did that genuinely. Yeah, we thought we were great. We thought we were fucking hysterical, and we thought we were awesome for getting on the Jumbotron. <laughs> we thought we were the coolest- that's cringe. Yeah, that's cringe. But you also have to be a very particular type of person to even want to work at a summer camp. Is that na- person by their nature cringe? <laughs> <laughs> it's the fact that I was like, I'm going to work at a summer camp by its nature make me cringe. I don't know. I don't have enough experience to be able to tell you that. I am the residing expert at the moment. And I gotta say, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is my general first inclination. Like... Of course, as we established last week, there's exceptions. Yeah. There are, like, some people who are just... Like, sometimes you meet some of the coolest people ever when you have, like, a really cool summer camp counselor. Like, there's sometimes they're just badass. And you're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Usually they're the ones who man the boats, in my experience. If it's a sailing camp, they're probably cool. Weirdly enough. I am from a landlocked state, so I cannot... I'm not. Usually the ones on sailboats, 
if they really like sailors are generally cool people mm. sailors sometimes the people who run like the motorboats are cool so like at the camp that i work at we had like a camp that was called water something i was gonna say water sports and then i <laughs> the, con- the connotation yeah, the are... connotation was wild but it was like you would basically go out on the boats every day and like do water sports for children <laughs> Like inner tubes, water ski, yeah. jet skis. No, not jet skis. Water jet skis. <laughs> we were not that fancy. We did not have jet skis. Or, and we also had like blow up equipment out in the water that was like anchored down that had like the blob, mm-hmm. a little climby thing, a trampoline. We had all that too. We had a lake and kayaks. So I went kayaking and that was really fun. Kayaking is always pretty fun. I think that's... Canoeing. We had canoes. Oh. We didn't have kayaks. Canoeing is cringe. Kayaking's cool. It, you know what's especially cringe? Mm. If you're the only person on the canoe. Oh, I'm <laughs> sad now. Freda, did they leave? That's so mean. Sometimes the instructor would sit with me. <laughs> but the thing is, like, nobody did this intentionally. It was just happened. It just happened. And I think that makes it hurt worse. Yes, that's worse. You're like, this wasn't even malicious. <laughs> I didn't even matter enough to be malicious to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> Kayaking tent. But the concept of, like, going out in the water and, like, looking at nature and stuff is usually pretty cool. Yeah. Sometimes you will have the... I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I was scared of the leeches that were in the water, but... No, we didn't have leeches. Oh, we had leeches. We had crabs. Not the STD. <laughs> I think they're are they, they're lice. They're pubic lice. Yes, yes. that's what crabs are. Um, but, but that's not what I meant. I just meant Maryland <laughs> no. blue crabs. Are that you're name dropping your state? That I'm from doesn't mean I'm in it. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? Okay, we were talking about Maryland blue crab. Oh. Kayaking. Nature. Yes. Okay. Nature is cool. I enjoy the nature things. Nature is cool. The one thing that makes me want to counter myself with saying nature is cool is that, like, the nature person at our camp was awful. I knew more about nature than they did. Now, I grew up an ecology kid. I grew up a, like, did you have, you didn't go to public school for very long. Did you have an ecology club? Uh, we did, but I wasn't a part of it. Do you know what the people who were in ecology club were like? Yeah. I was an ecology kid. You also were a bird watcher. I also was a math olympiad. I was a 4-H champion. I didn't do 4-H. I got out of that one. I did do... (laughs) What did you do, Lauren? Future Farmers of America. (laughs) (laughs) I did FFA. (laughs) But I didn't do 4-H. But I was an ecology kid. And so I knew a lot about nature. And mm-hmm. so I knew more than our nature person. And she also was a terrible, unpleasant person to be around. Not terrible in the sense she was mean. Just... Annoying? Deeply. Yeah, just deeply annoying. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> I'll get into the minutia of why I didn't like this person, but we did not get along. So I think a lot of it... A lot of what summer camp is is heavily dependent on who's going and who's running it. If you got cringe counselors, you're going to have cringe campers. If you got cringe if campers, you're, you're going to produce cringe counselors. If your whole idea is cringe, you're going to get cringe. Yes. And so also, I think I think a little t- topic that we need to spend a little bit of time on are people who are way too into summer camp. 
Yeah. Like, people who are like, summer camp was, like, life-changing and revolutionary and amazing. And honestly, if you have those experiences in your life, good on you. But summer camp is the place where you had it? That just... You were singing a silly song and you're like, I see God. It just screams of, I peaked early. Yeah. Kind of. I have never had a summer camp experience that was just, like, so pivotal to my life that it, like, deeply affects me other than humor. Like, other than yeah. as a story I tell because it is funny. Like, yeah, there are people I still am in contact with from summer camp. One of them. Everyone else I've lost contact with almost completely. Yeah. So even, like, in that realm, it's not that deeply affecting of me as a person. So, like, that aesthetic of just, like, summer camp is the best thing you ever experience. Cringe. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is the conclusions that we are kind of drawing thus far. Summer camp is i think as a whole is cringe i think it's the opposite of last week where there's exceptions that are like okay it's not cringe except for these exceptions i think summer camp, summer is, camp cringe. is cringe but there are, are exceptions non-cringe exceptions yes so like the quiche Foss story that's fucking hysterical yes that's not cringe that's hilarious that is the work of a true genius my 144 top notch right then okay <laughs> That was when it developed. <laughs> That's when it developed. It spurred out of me. The Jumbotron? Cringe. And mine was just sad. Yeah, yours was just... It wasn't was like cringe or not sad. sad. I mean, cringe or not. It was just sad. It was just a little sad. We're gonna move on. I feel... It's a... We did a, a mm. river hike mm. where we hiked a mile in a... It was not a river. It was a creek. Well, but it, there was a... creek. A... Did I say... Did I say that? No, you said creek, but I wanted to say creek. Oh, okay. You were like, did I do it? (laughs) Oh, God. Did I say it again? (laughs) (laughs) But there was a part that got deep enough to where you had to swim across to the other side. And I don't know how the hell these kids were just like... Doing it? Yes. Like walking on moss-covered river rocks, like the smoothed over Mm -hmm. rocks in muddy water, just traipsing along going like walking normally or at least keeping keeping Keep pace. pace yeah i was always the last one because i didn't want to fall and break my neck <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was a reckless fool i was always first and i also would often end the hike and be like where did this blood come from <laughs> <laughs> oh my god one time i left bloody footprints behind me i'd sliced my foot open like half mile in and I got out of the water finally. And so you could finally see the blood that had just been pouring out of my foot for like an hour. What the hell is wrong with you? I didn't notice. I was barefoot and I was running around in the water. That's like the uh, Lord of the Rings story where... What's his name? Bro, I... We established last week I never read Lord no, of the I'm Rings. No, I'm talking to myself. Okay. The guy who plays Sam Ganji. The best character. Yes. I don't know his actor name. He... His actor name as <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I gotta look it up or else it's gonna bother me. His actor's name. His given name is Sam Ganji, though. (laughs) Sean Astin. Mm -hmm. I love him, first of all. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's a a deleted scene in Lord of the Rings where he is chasing after the boat that Frodo got in. And he steps on a piece of glass. And it, like, cuts through the big hobbit prosthetic foot. And get some? Yeah. You want to... Okay, this is a story I do know about Lord of the Rings. In the scene where Aragorn 
where he kicks, kicks the, the helmet, helmet and he, he breaks, breaks his, his toe. toe. Yeah, so the scream is actually real because he broke his toe. <laughs> yes, I did know that. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> just way to take the fun out of it. <laughs> anyway, that's what your story reminds. What story reminded me of? Yeah, it was very funny because I like was walking away and then I looked back and I was like, "Who's leaving a foot trail?" <laughs> and then I looked out and I was like, "It's me." <laughs> but I had farmer's feet when I was a kid. So you didn't feel anything. I felt nothing. Like, I had such thick calluses that even though it went through all the calluses, like, it was just barely... I just couldn't feel it. It wasn't like a high pain tolerance thing. I did not feel it. Mm. I always wore socks. What? (laughs) You wore... Hold on. You wore socks. Are you saying you wore socks in the water? (laughs) Brenna, I need... Brenna, our friendship... Hold on. Our friendship is on the wire here. Are you telling me that you wore socks in the water? Lauren, how much do you love me? I love you dearly, my dear friend. But are you telling me that you wore socks in water? Wait, did you have water shoes? Like, did you wear socks in the water shoes? Brenna... Or did you just wear socks as water shoes? I wore tennis shoes. You wore tennis shoes? <laughs> I wore tennis shoes. <laughs> oh my god! I wore socks and tennis shoes. Because I didn't know that it was happening. This was the first year that I went. <laughs> Usually they give you a list before you go to summer camp of things you need. Well, I don't know. <laughs> you wore socks and tennis shoes? In the river, yeah. Well, of course you're going to be last. There's no, this, those don't help. And also that's just terrible. And I did it again the next year. Oh, you know better! Oh my gosh! <laughs> Lord, it gets worse though. What did you do? What else could be worse? You wore socks in a river! When I was a kid! Did you willingly wear socks in the bath? Please tell me. Did you do that? Wait, hold on. Did you do that? I wore socks in the shower because Oh my god! reason i don't reject you on the spot right now is because that's probably a tism thing that's the only reason that i don't reject you as a person i'm like it would be ableist that's the only reason <laughs> because that's probably a sensory autism oh it definitely thing. was oh you i feel clairvoyant <laughs> in the worst way <laughs> When I said, did you wear them in the bath? And you said, I wear them in the shower. That's the worst type of clairvoyance that one could be (laughs) accosted with. Apollo really hit you with that dodgeball prophecy. I really didn't want it. (laughs) (laughs) I never wore them in the bath. I didn't really take baths. So that's probably why. I took baths all the time. They were my favorite. I didn't like baths. I would set up a little TV. Usually it wasn't a TV. It was like some tablet. Mm -hmm. We didn't... we were very poor growing up, so I don't know actually what it was that I said, <laughs> but it wasn't, like, fancy. Was but it I would, like, like, turn something, so it would, like, turn into the bathroom, and I'd just sit in the bathtub. <laughs> Not, yeah. like, lay in the bathtub. Like, sit on my hind legs. Like, just yeah. sit there. <laughs> butt naked. Watching TV. And I did this until I was, like, 13. And the door would just be open. 
anyone. And I would just be like, I'm watching Aristocats. <laughs> I loved Aristocats. I loved Aristocats. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Me too. Yes. But, okay, summer camp. Overall, cringe, but there are exceptions. Sometimes you come up with genius that can only happen in a cult-like setting. Yes. Sometimes there is a camaraderie and joy of doing something stupid together. Yes. And it's only when you have the knowledge that you are doing something stupid together that it's not cringe. I think that I think encapsulates are... all of our D&D games that we've ever played together. We know it's stupid, but we did it together. Like that one time I pretended to have incontinence. <laughs> we'll talk about that in the D&D episode that we'll do later <laughs> it's a story for another time you gotta keep them wanting more you gotta give little bites for them to keep coming back I wonder how many people are gonna listen to this and then just think I'm the weirdest person in the world because I had the the car cat cosplay and then you wear socks in the shower and I wore socks in the shower I was like I think I stopped when I was about nine or ten. At least you stopped at some point. Yeah. Because, well, when I would get out, they would get cold. That is how water works. And I didn't like I didn't like that. I wanted it for the warmth. But yeah, I think that's a good rule. I Here's the... Okay. I didn't do it on purpose the first time. I did it on how accident. How did you do it on accident? I just forgot I had socks on. Forgot you had socks on. Yeah, because I wore socks all the time as a kid. Because of... Did you wear socks to sleep? Yeah. I don't anymore, but I did when I was a kid because I couldn't. I couldn't stand the feeling of. Well, isn't it a tism thing to not yeah. be able to re- regulate your body heat well? Yes, but also I couldn't stand the feeling of just like bare floor things touching my bare feet. I loved it. I see. That's my yeah. version of autism sensory things. Was I adored being barefoot? I hated. Absolutely hated. I it. desired to be barefoot at all times. I still kind of do. I know. Don't say it like that. Well, you make it kind of obvious. What the fuck does that mean? I make it kind of <laughs> obvious that I don't want... What? Elaborate. What do you mean? <laughs> you wear shoes like you hate that you have to wear them. Okay. Okay. You got me there. <laughs> and it's accurate because I hate shoes. Um, If I could be barefoot all the time, I would prefer it. I guess also... See, I'm not judging you for this. Listen... My, that is at least a thing that multiple people do. I'm sure this is that some, somewhere. Somewhere. Somebody out there. If you have to qualify it in that way, it means not enough people do it for it to be at least semi-normal. I'm going to tweet about this and I'm going to ask. Mm. And watch it go nowhere. Well, yeah, because nobody follows me on Twitter. <laughs> Once this blows up. Okay, we have to remember this. Note for later. Once we get famous, you have to tweet about wearing socks in the shower and see what response you get. Okay. And I'll tweet about being barefoot. I'm fine with that. But you won't cosplay Megamind at my funeral. It's disrespectful. (laughs) But if I asked you to. I don't want to face, I don't want to have to look at your mother in her eyes. She'd laugh. (sighs) She'd laugh. No, I don't. She probably would. Um, I don't. If I left a little note, which, okay, we're getting into a weird area again. By the insinuation that I'm like, leaving notes. Um, you could put it in your will. Put it in my will. Be like, someone has to cosplay Megamind. And then just do like side eye and be like, parentheses Brenna. But not necessarily obligated to be you. Maybe get you to do like a partner costume. <laughs> I'll get my sister to be Megamind. And then you can be, uh, what's the villain in that movie? I don't want to be him. 
He's gross. He is gross. He's an incel. Yeah. I'll be the, um... What if you were the bee from the bee movie? I'll be the fish in the the mech suit. Yes. Okay. You just put a bowl over your head. Yeah. Lit. Okay. That's the deal. It's reciprocal. I'll have to find someone to be Megamind if I'm going to be the fish at yours, though. You could be Megamind at mine. Megamind. Who's going to be the fish? Jane. Jane could be the fish. <laughs> that would be amazing. Or Megamind. Jane could be Megamind. Jane. I Jane paint could be Megamind. Jane blue. <laughs> Jane is my dog. Okay, <laughs> this is not a human. This is not a human being. So it's fine if we say her name. She has yeah. no internet footprint. <laughs> okay, the verdict. The diagnosis is, is cringe, with exception. Uh, let's just blanket statement: exceptions are always a thing, unless stated otherwise. I think. Honestly, anything, any topic we could debate that wouldn't have an exception would probably be too serious of an episode. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe. What, what wouldn't have exceptions that also would be funny to talk about? I don't know. I'm gonna stick with what I said. I think if we could ever reach a point where it's like blanket, not cringe or blanket cringe, it would end up being like what we recorded an hour ago. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I concede. So, verdict. Verdict's cringe. Summer camps are cringe. Unless you were me and then they were sad. <laughs> well, yeah. So, cringe, unless you're Brenna, then they're sad. And unless you come up with the genius that can only be come up with in a cult-like setting, and you're doing stupid things and know you're doing stupid things. Sure. Those are our exceptions. Sure. I'm gonna I be feel- honest, I was kind of zoning out for like half of this episode because my head still kind of hurts. I well, made an effort though. You did. I think it was really successful and Thank I appreciate you. the effort. Thank you. Especially since we technically did film two of these back to back. You guys don't need to know about the first one. The last episode. The last episode of Cringer What? It is not funny. <laughs> it's not funny at all. It got very serious. <laughs> it did. We started talking about like philosophy. <laughs> I know. It showed a different side of herself but we don't <laughs> want the internet to know. We have thought and high IQs. <laughs> <laughs> the internet can't know that. <laughs> we have to be funny. We have to. Be. We have to be consumable. Ah! I'm okay with that. Live. All right. Thank you so much for mm-hmm. your topic. It, we did have a little bit of a rough start with that first episode that we recorded. The lost episode. The lost episode. The lost media. It sounds funner when we call it the lost episode. Yes. It's not lost. We still have the recording, but we will probably never release it because it was not funny. Yeah. The lost episode of Cringe or What came directly before the second episode. That's a little lore you can keep in your mind when someone makes trivia about us. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's something you can reference when somebody asks if you're a real fan. Yeah. Now... It's been a pleasure. It's been a good time. The diagnosis is cringe. This has been Cringe or What with Lauren and Brenna. Join us next week when we probably talk about something awful. It's my turn to choose next week. So you know that I'll have a juicy topic. (laughs) 